as you guys saw in the video thing, what in the world does that have to do with family? I, I know um, I was searching for some stuff, and I thought, I know this, that really isn't family, but really has to do with time management, doesn't it? She was do, going along really well, keeping up the pace, and then all of a sudden they started coming faster and faster, and um, they just couldn't get those 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 uh, candies wrapped fast enough. And at one point she said, we're doing a pretty good job. We got this. We got this. I know as I go along in life, there's times where I'm thinking, I got this. I can keep up with this pace. And then things keep, and I pile more and more and more onto my schedule. And then I'm like, I, I don't have this as well as I thought I did. I start stuffing, you know, things under the table and I start, you know, um, putting things off that I should really be really taken care of because I've added too many things to our, my schedule. And, um, when Aaron started doing this modern family healthy, f- family series at the beginning when he started laying out what he, what the topics he wanted to do, he said, I think you could do time management. And, and I was like, Oh, really? Uh huh. We uh, you haven't looked at our schedule lately. And then I thought, well, you know what? Maybe he has looked at our schedule and maybe he wants me to learn some things. And so he wants me to study time management. So I'm better at it. And then maybe I could teach it. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking, but, um, if you look at our schedule, it's a little crazy and, um, we've learned some things over the years. And so hopefully I'll be able to, to, um, help you guys also with, with a modern family and healthy family. A lot of times in the modern family, we fill our schedules so full and we get so stressed out over things that we shouldn't really be stressed out about because our schedules are so full because culture says you've got to do this and you've got to be a part of this. And your son has to be on the football team and the baseball team and the soccer team while little Susie does dance and, and cheerleading and all of that stuff. But from a healthy biblical perspective, we should only be doing what God has asked us to do. We should only be pushing Johnny and Susie in the direction and, and call that God has for their life. I know we talked about parenting um, a few weeks ago, and that's um, some of that. I feel like I'm, I told Aaron, I said, I feel like I'm reiterating some of the things that we already talked about, but hopefully you'll catch something new from this, from this, from today. So in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of, life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, dis- re- disregarding its shame. Now he is seating, seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. That's a lot in one verse. So we're going we're gonna to start out by looking at verse 1 that says we're going to strip off the weight. And uh, Aaron kind of gave me this, this verse at the beginning. He said, this is kind of the direction I was thinking for this message. And I was like, really, time management? How does that work with you know, healthy timing. How does that work with this verse? But the more I started reading it and the more I started taking the time to understand it, I got really excited because there's a lot in this verse that talks about management. And, um, in verse one, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And then I read in the amplified, it says, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. 
unnecessary weight, it says in, in, in parentheses. And that sin which so readily clings to us and entangles us. Things in our life try to weigh us down. They try to cling to us. And that is a, that we, and we take those on and we let things weigh us down from running and completing the race that God has for us. And busyness and slothfulness can be a sin because both of them have to do with our time and what we do with our time. Um, we can be so busy with the things that we think are good things. And a lot of the things that we do are good. I, I don't want you to go home and think, oh gosh, everything I'm doing is just horrible. I mean, uh, you know, we're not like out doing, doing really bad things. We're not gambling. We're not throwing wild parties. We're, that's not really what I'm talking about. We can be so involved in so many good things that it becomes a sin because we are so busy and we're not really doing what God has for us. And we become, and then we become ineffective in what God has planned for us. So, so busyness or slothfulness can be a sin. There are things that God's asked us to do, and we, we've just said no to them because we've, we've, we're too busy doing other things that we think are important, or we just are tired and we don't want to take t- the time to do what God has asked us to do. When we strip off weight, we streamline our schedules. We take things off of our schedule so that we can run our race and that we can, so we can become effective. You know, I, um, I am really good at going through the house and decluttering. I can, I can declutter with the best of them. And really, at times, that really makes Aaron really mad because I just throw things out of the way. I mean, I just get rid of them. If I haven't used them in a month or so, watch out because it's going in the trash. And so, so Aaron hates that about me. My mom laughs about that about me because she's like, oh, don't come in my house. Don't You stay back away from my house. But then you know what? There's somebody in my life that loves this about me, and her and I are buddies on this, and that is Kim Ward. Me and Kim Ward can declutter with the best of them. We, you know, it's not of use, but you know what? I can declutter my house, but I have a really hard time sometimes decluttering my schedule, and there are things in my schedule that I need to, to get rid of because it's not pleasing it's not pleasing to God. It's not necessarily you'd look at it in black and white in scripture and say that's displeasing to God. But if it's not something that he's asked me to do, like I said before, it's displeasing to God. He hasn't, he hasn't asked me to do it. And so our priorities need to be in, we've just got to place or make our priorities in order. We've got to, we've got to start putting them in order. And if we look at Matthew twenty two thirty seven. It talks about loving God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And then it talks about loving our neighbor as ourself. If our priorities are not first God, then others, we've got it all backwards. It's just, it's all wrong. Our schedules, if we look at our schedules, it's going to point to what we love. That's really hard. With our mouth, we say God is number one. But if you look at where you spend your time as a family, as an individual, if it doesn't line up with what, with, with what our mouth says are, is important, that's really where it's at, though. That's what we're going to be held accountable for. And so is it God? Is it people? Or is it ourself? Is that, what, what have you placed as, as number one priority? Pleasing, pleasing yourself and doing what you think is important? Or asking God? To say, God, what do you think is important for this day? What is important for this month? What do you want my family to be doing at this moment? Our schedule should reflect that our love for God is number one. And if it doesn't, we need to reprioritize. 
We need to make sure that our heart and our mind and our schedules are all lining up with what we're saying. In, in Psalm 37, 5, it says, commit everything to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. That means our schedule, just as much as Nancy talked about our finances this morning, where our heart is. You're going to see it's not about, it's not a money issue, it's a heart issue. And when it goes back to time, it's not a time issue. Really, it's a heart issue. Are we trying to please ourselves? Are we trying to, you know, do things that God, um, that we think will make uh, even us look good? You know, um, or are we trying to make sure that what we do pleases the Lord? So number one, we have to strip off everything that weighs us down. And I'm looking at this time, and I'm thinking, I'm going really fast. <laughs> so you guys might get out of here really fast. I told Aaron not to come back up and preach for 20 minutes after I've only done 15. So, <laughs> so I've already warned him. So we strip off our weight, and then we get focused. We need to focus. In Hebrews 1, it, it also says that let us run the race with endurance that God has set before us. We do this, it says in in verse 2, by keeping our eyes on Jesus. So we've got to to strip off our weight. We've got to prioritize our time. And then we've got to get focused. If if our focus isn't Jesus, then then we need to place our focus on Jesus. That's how we're going to endure. Verse says that um, we run by keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, and, and our focus has got to be on him, nothing else. And the the Message Bible says it, the best I can ever. I really don't like to study from the Message Bible, but I love to go back and look at it because it says it in, I'll say, modern day English, modern day terms that I can understand for this little brain of mine. It says, study how he did it. So if Jesus is our example, we've got to study how he endured to the end. And so we've got to take a look at his life. And Jesus rested and he focused and he took time to refocus. Before Jesus even started his ministry, he focused on, the, on, on God and what God wanted. He knew where he was going because he had taken time to focus and ask God what he wanted for his life. We've got to have um, Sabbaths, and we have to have prayer. It doesn't work without it. As, our, as a family, you've got to take time to just connect to each other, to have fun together, to do things together. I know this morning on our way to church... 20-minute drive, small, short amount of time. We, we talked to you guys about this when we talked about parenting and how we don't have a set-down, set, set time of devotion. And I, I got a lot of feedback from that. And a lot of you said, that was so freeing to me that I don't have to have that, that devotion time. But, you know, we don't say that so that it gives you a, a way out. We, we said that so that you become more intentional with your time with your kids, that every moment is a teaching moment, that every opportunity you have is, is time to, to give them the word of God, to refocus them. <coughs> but we just are a 20 minute ride here to church was so precious this morning. First time in I don't know how long that we all six got to ride to church together. Usually one of us is missing and it's usually Aaron. Um, or, or the girls have decided they don't want to come to first service so they go with Aunt Lily. But this morning, every Sunday morning on our way to church, we pray for you guys and we pray for the boys pray for their teachers. The girls pray for their youth service. We usually pray for the praise and worship team for whoever's speaking this morning. And 20 minute ride to church was, Caleb told somebody this morning, 
we were all bawling before we even got to church because we were just connecting as a family with God. And that Sabbath time is so important. If Jesus took time to Sabbath, we need to take time to Sabbath and pray. In Psalm 37, 7, it says, be still in the presence of the Lord. And then in Psalm 46, 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. And and I want to challenge you to take time to read your Bible and pray every day, but also not just to read it and say that you're done with it. Whenever you are spending that time, you get to hear his voice. You know what he wants for your life, for your family's life. You take that time to get to know him and to, to find out what he wants you to be doing. Too little or too much on your schedule, schedule will point to lack of focus. If you look at your schedule and you don't have very much going on, it's probably because you don't even know where to begin or what you're supposed to be doing. If you have too much on your schedule, you haven't taken time to focus either. A focused schedule will help us get much accomplished. So even even if you're you may think oh, I don't really need this message because I really don't have a lot a lot of stuff going on. Time management isn't a big deal for me. Well, probably time management is a big deal for you because you're, you're really not doing too much. So God wants you to get busy about doing something. And you know what? The, we sang a song today that said, um, you are my everything. We sing it with our lips, just like a, going back to priorities. We sing it with our lips this morning. But is he our everything? Are we looking to him and asking him what should be on our schedule? And when it comes to, to Sabbaths and prayer, sitting in praise and worship, this thought occurred to me, and, and this is something maybe, maybe God's speaking to me to do. I don't know, but maybe it's just something that God wanted somebody in here to, to know. I, have, I really haven't ever heard of anybody, and um, maybe somebody has done this before, but they've just, somebody that would take a, a day, like if you have lots and multiple days of vacation, or even if you don't have a lot of vacation, but you can take one day of vacation at a time. I know some, some jobs are okay with that and some jobs aren't, but how many of you have said, you know what, I'm going to take a day of vacation and just spend it as a Sabbath and spend it in prayer and fasting before the Lord. And then I was challenged because then I thought, how many times do I make sure I have a babysitter for this meeting or I found a babysitter this this week to go get my nails done because I had a gift card? I, I found a babysitter for all kinds of things. But you know what? I probably need to take time to find a babysitter so that I can spend time and have a Sabbath, just me and my Lord spending time together. Because if he truly is my everything, then my schedule will reflect that. And, and a lot of times it doesn't. I'm guilty of that. In Matthew 4, it talks about Jesus um, fasting in the wilderness for 40 days. He takes time. It says, actually, it talks about the Spirit leading him into, into, into the wilderness. But he takes 40 days and prays and fasts. If, like I said before, if Jesus needed it, we need it. And then it was out of that fasting and prayer, if you look on down, that's when he started his ministry. He didn't start his ministry before that time. Yeah, there was lots of things that, you know, there were probably a little bit about Jesus's life from birth to, to that, that point. But then after that is when the miracles began to happen. That's, that's when he began to preach the gospel. That's whenever he, he, you know, called his, right after that, he started calling his disciples to him. He took time with the Lord. And you know what? If you are in a dry place or you feel like you're ineffective, 
I, I encourage you, I challenge you to stop what you're doing at this moment. See, look at your schedule and see what you can push to the side for a time. Stop and pray and, and take time with the Lord and refocus. And then in Matthew 26, Jesus prays to the Father and he's talking, it, it, God's will above all else is what Jesus put. He, he was in, in the garden and he takes time away. And if you remember the story, the disciples, some of them even fell asleep while he took time away and started praying. And he prays and asks God, he said, God, if it's possible, he was about to go to the cross. He knew it. He knew his time was coming. He knew his purpose was going to be fulfilled. And he said, God, if, if at all possible, take this cup from me. Take this, this, um, this road from me. But then he said, but not my will. Yours be done. So God's will has got to be above everything else in our life. I know um, we, uh, this has been a pretty challenging year for homeschooling for us. I don't know how many of you know we homeschool, and we've homeschooled since Christiana was in kindergarten. And this was, this, this was a decision we made at the very early when our kids, probably before we even had kids, we had talked about it. And, um, but every year, we have, we, we have never said we won't ever send our kids to public school because we want to know what God wants for our children. And every year, we've said, you know what? We may send one and keep three home. We may send three and keep one home. We're open, God, to what you want for our family. And so every year we've, we've kind of just said, God, okay, this year, what do you want from us? You know, what do we do with our kids? And okay, so I was about a week into this homeschooling thing this year. And one was in 10th grade. One, so I have a high schooler, a junior higher, a elementary student and a kindergartner. And I was about to pull my hair out the first week. I thought the first week I can't even what we've got chemistry. We're crying over chemistry. We've so we're not only crying over chemistry, but we're crying over writing the letter S we can't get the letter S done. I'm like, how in the world is my brain going to take care of algebra and learning how to even say a sound. I can't, I can't do this. And I remember one day Aaron came home and I was in tears and I said, Aaron, there is no way God has not called me to this this year. I know it. I know it. He, and he said, okay. And he took a deep breath and he said, okay, let's pray about it and we'll refocus and see what God says about this. And that's what we did. And you know what? We're into our 16th or 17th week, all of my children are still homeschooled. All of my children, um, I don't know if we've lost, we've probably lost our sanity along the way, but you know what? We are still plugging through, but it was because we took some time to refocus. We took some time to say, God, is this really what you want for our family this year? We heard the Lord speak and he said, yes. And so we stayed the course and you know what? It's, it's, <coughs> we, um, Without that focus, has there been hard days since then? Absolutely. Uh, when we look at algebra and chemistry, and then I look still at Eric still not really making his S's right, do I say, God, seriously, seriously, I still can't do this. But the only, the thing that keeps us going is to know that God called us to it. If I did not know that God had said, yes, this is what I want for you, I couldn't continue. But he said, yes, so that's what we're doing. And you know what? I'll just, I'll just be really honest. Five years ago, coming on up on six years ago, 
Aaron and I found ourselves in a position we did not ask for at all. We did not ask to lead a church. We love, love you guys, but we did not ask for it. We were so perfectly content being Pastor Eric and Jeanette's right hand. We loved that job. And daggone God, you only let us do it for a year, and that really stinks. We did not want this. But we have grown into it, and we love it now. But you know what? The reason why we stayed focused, the way that we were able to stay stay with it, was because we knew God said this is what we want. He wants for us. I know that there were there were times where I'm like, God, how in the world I can't continue doing this? This is hard. And and a verse that kept coming back to my mind was Second Corinthians 12. And Trish Trukovich, she visited I think maybe twice after Pastor Eric passed away, and. Both times she said the same thing to me. God's grace is sufficient. And you know what? When he has called you to do something, his grace is upon you. If you try to walk in shoes that God has not called you to walk in, if you try to fill your schedule with things that he does not want you to do, his grace isn't upon you. And it's going to be a struggle. You're going to be fighting for every breath. But you know what? Whenever he has called you and you know it, no matter what that is, if it's... if it's um. If it's a co- if it's coaching your your son's football team, if it's um, just sitting beside a teenage daughter that needs a help, it doesn't matter what it is. If God has said do it, His grace is upon you. Second Corinthians says, "My grace is all you need." That's it. That's it. It's so beautiful. My power works great in weakness. You know how many times I had to say that to myself. I am weak, but you are powerful, and I can do this. I say it about my family every day. I say it about my homeschooling every day. I say it about my role as a pastor's wife every day. If God has said that I am weak, then that means his power is strong, and I can do it. A great way to find out if our focus is correct is um, and, and to stay focused is I heard this from a pastor's wife one time, is priorities versus obligations. You write down your priorities and you say, this is what I think is important. This is where I place my priorities. If we go back to the first, the first um, point is God, God has to be our all. If God is number one, for us in our family, it's God, family, ministry. That's the way we've, but you know what? Sometimes if we write out those priorities and then we write out our obligations, our obligations don't line up sometimes. And there, and we have to reevaluate and push some things off and go back and make God our priority, our number one priority, and then everything else. Just a a good way for us to reevaluate and say, okay, are we doing the things that really God, God has required of our family? Or are we doing things that we just think we should be obligated to? And just some simple things, um, some practical tips is that, or, or let me stop and say, sometimes we say yes to things out of obligation or people pleasing. And, and it's, it's best. I know around Christian circles, this is something common that Christian people say is let me pray about that. But seriously, that is something that we should we should do is when somebody asks us to do something, we should even if we don't verbalize and say, let me pray about that. I'll get back to you on that and ask God if it's something that he wants you to do or not. And it's silly to think about. But if we keep keep filling our schedules with things like 
31 parties, ladies, um, origami owl parties. Sorry to anybody that sells these things, but, or, or a, um, night out with the girls, men, if it's hunting, if it's, um, a bowling night with the buddies, it doesn't matter what it is. If we keep filling our schedules with those things, our families don't become a priority anymore. Our God doesn't become a priority anymore, and we don't have time for Him. We don't have time for, when all those other things are good, they're not great. And we shouldn't compare ourselves to, to anybody else. The Bible tells us not to. So when we're looking at so-and-so doing this or so-and-so doing that, I, I'm not doing that. I should, maybe I should start doing this because so-and-so does it. And it should be, it's, it's good. So I, I think I'll do it because if they're doing it, then it's okay to do. We, we shouldn't compare ourselves because the things that God has asked them to do are totally different sometimes than what God has asked us to do. And I find myself even comparing comparing myself and saying, well, if she can handle this, 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 and this, then I should be able to handle this, 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 and this. You know what? God knows what I can handle and what I can't. And he knows what she can handle and what she can't. If she can handle a lot more than me, oh, I'm glad for her. And I will say, yes, great, great. I'm glad, but I can't. And so I sometimes will say yes to things because I don't want to look like a failure to others. But then I end up failing my family because I've overcommitted myself. So we need to know what God requires of us. We need to pray before we commit. We need to learn how to say no. No is an okay answer. Because you know what? If we're saying no to something, we're saying yes to something else. If I'm saying no to a night out with the girls, that means I'm saying yes to my children at home in a movie night. Or I'm saying yes to prayer and fasting or whatever, whatever the yes is. If we say no, it's because we can say yes to something else. And another thing that I've just kind of encouraged my daughters is that they've gotten older to do is um, one time Aaron and I had a conversation about Christiana. He said, oh, I think she would do great, and I think she'd be great at doing this. Let's see if she'll do this. And, and I said, well, she's, she really doesn't like doing that kind of stuff, honey. And he said, well, she's good at it. So what? She's good at it. She should do it. And I said, but it, she, she doesn't enjoy it. I said, you know what? Let's wait. She is 14 years old. She talks to the Lord. She can ask God if that's what he wants for her to do. And, and she asked God, and it wasn't something that he required of her. So you know what? We didn't make it a requirement of her. We need to be teaching our children. As, as we are filling our schedules, we're either teaching them to do what God requires of them, or we're teaching them to, to do things that everybody else requires of them to do. They will look at our life. They will look at your life in, in the church and see what, what people are doing. And if we are constantly busy, they are going to think that's modern, that's normal, that's healthy. But if we are asking God and only filling our schedule with what God wants, they're going to see that that's healthy. And that's the example I want my kids to, to see. I don't always get it right. We strip off the weight. We focus on Jesus and then we get we stay focused. We get focused, and then we've got to stay focused. In Hebrews twelve two, it says, "Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, regarding its shame." Now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. You know what? God has called us all for a purpose. He has given us all a plan. We talked about that with our children, but you know what? He has called you as an individual, as a family, as a couple. For a purpose. And in the end, we want to be seated with God in heaven. Is that not right? That's why. That's what we do. What we do. Um, 
If that, that's eternity has got to constantly be in our focus. Um, Jesus finished well because he stayed focused. He knew why he was here. He didn't let anything else interfere. There were times where, where people would come to him and say, I've got a sick one. Please come. You know what? He didn't go. Sometimes he just sent his word and it healed him. But he didn't go because there was something else on his schedule that he knew that God had required of him to do. More inf- That was m- maybe not no- more important, but it-, it was more important because that's what God said was more important. And so he finished well because he s- stayed focused. The Message Bible again reads like this. Because he never lost sight of what he, what, where he was headed that exhilarating finish and with God. That should be our focus, that exhilarating finish with God. That he could put up with anything along the way. He put up with the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in a place of honor right alongside of God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story and again and again when you've lost focus when you're tired when you're weary because you've put too much on your on your plate go back and look at what how Jesus did it he stayed focused and he could continue so you go over that story item by item that long litany of hostility that he plowed through if Jesus can plow through the cross the shame that he endured we can plow through and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. That is awesome. That should, that should motivate us. Jesus endured hardship. We must maintain focus and have margin to get through difficulty. Margin is simply empty space in our schedule. I find myself feeling like I'm not being effective if I don't have my schedule full. But that's not true. I'm, I'm ineffective because my schedule is full most of the time. We have to, we have to lay, leave space. And if we leave space, when hardship arises, when things come up in our schedule that aren't planned, we don't get stressed out and we don't lose focus. A lot of times I lose focus just because emergency arises and I have this, 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 and this to do. A lot of times spilled milk is um, an emergency at my house because I've got my schedule so full that my child, when they spill some milk, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to stop and clean it up because everything is so busy. I've got so much on my schedule that I lose, then I lose focus. And then I end up, um, like I told you with, um, the parenting class or the parenting teaching, I start yelling because I freak out because I lose and I lose focus and I forget that, you know what, I, this is a teaching moment for my child. If I had have, had margin in my schedule, then I'd just say, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. God offers grace to us. I'm going to offer grace to you. Just favor on you. Let's just learn how to clean this up. But instead, I start yelling because my schedule is too full. Um, we need to lead a balanced life. And a balanced life means that not that doesn't necessarily mean that everything in life is even. Like, everything gets equal amount of time. A balanced life is one that you find what needs your weight at the moment. Um, a pastor's wife, um, friend of mine, um, explained it to, to us like this. If you've seen those medicine balls, Aaron said I should get one, but I really didn't want to demonstrate one this, this morning. But if you've seen those um, exercise balls, it's um, flat on the top and the bottom is like a half circle. I don't, it's half of you are shaking your head, and you, and you stand on it, and it's really supposed to help strengthen your core muscles. And so 
when you're standing on it, it's not that your balance, if it starts going this way, then you kind of lean, well, let's see, if it goes this way, then you start leaning this way to bring it back into into balance, correct? So it's what needs our, our focus at the moment. My kids, when they were babies, they needed my constant focus. I couldn't, I couldn't really add a lot of extra things to my schedule because they needed me. And you know what? There are days when, as teenage girls, my, my daughters need my focus. Maybe for a few weeks, they're just really struggling with things, and I really have got to pour into them and, and speak life into them and point them back to Scripture and help them with friends and, and things like that and, and help them find out where they're going in life. They need my focus. So I kind of give them a little bit more time and energy and prayer than sometimes I do Aaron. And that is that that's bad, maybe? I don't know. And then, then there's times where Aaron really needs my help in the ministry because we're going through a, a busy season in here at the church and I get to help there. And so my kids kind of, I kind of lay, lay off them a little bit and put, put my weight more on Aaron. You know what? There's things in your life. Maybe you've got a sick mom at home or you've got a sick child or things at work or just really crazy and that it needs your focus for a little bit. But that doesn't mean that you neglect everything else, but you just give them a little bit more time. And then you've got to bring it back. And then you just kind of keep moving with it. Um, we've got to keep eternity in focus as a backdrop for everything. Everything that we do, we've got to remember that God has called us for a purpose. And our purpose is really like our, our motto around here says, when disciples send. That is our backdrop for life. We, we've got to win people to the Lord. We've got to disciple them, and then we send them back out. And you know what? If you don't create space in your schedule for that, we're totally missing it. When we say God is our everything, if when we say that he is all that we do, are we allowing for time, even on the ball field, for Christ to be in, talked about, for us to, to why we're sitting waiting on our child at dance practice. Are we talking to other moms? Or are we just so busy caught up with the next thing coming that we forget that the reason why we're here in the first place is to bring glory and honor to our Lord? That it, that's really what it's all about. And if every, everything we do, we, we've heard everything is spiritual, everything. So we've got to remember that eternity is the backdrop of our life. And we've got to recognize that the, se- the season that we're in, a lot of times we'll go through a really, really busy, or maybe we're in a, in a slow part. Uh, our life is just, uh, we, we've had three or four nights of dinner at home and things are really slow. And just soak that up. Take as much time as you can with your kids. Take as much time as you can with your spouse. But, you know, then there's just times that come around, and they're just really busy. It's just crazy. Holiday season's coming. In-laws need visited. Grandma needs visited. Um, extended family that you never see want to be seen at Christmas for some reason. I mean, all this ho- holiday is coming. <coughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to be busy. Learn to say no to some things. It's okay. It's okay. But also know that if you're in a busy season, don't let it, your life continue, continually be in a busy season. I had somebody tell me once that they knew that they were in the middle of writing a book and, and they were, it was just going to be crazy for a while. They really needed to focus on this book and they really needed to, to put a lot of time and energy into it. But they circled a date on the calendar and they promised their family. They said, you know what? 
All these weeks right here are going to be busy, but once we come to this date, no more busyness. Life get back gets back to slowing down, eating around the table almost every night of the week. Don't allow a busy season to continue forever because you can't keep up with that. Your kids can't keep up with that. Your spouse cannot keep up with that. A busy season, don't get used to busy. I don't want my kids to get used to busy. There's been times where Christiana said, Mom, I just don't feel like I have any time. Like, then learn to say no to something now. Because if you learn it now, it'll be so much easier later. I don't want them to feel guilty that, that whenever it's a slow season, that, that, um, that, that they're being ineffective. Because we get, we get into that mindset that if we're not busy, then we're ineffective. And that's not always the truth, as long as we're doing what God has asked us to do. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you the path to take. So first we need to trust and make Jesus number one. You know what? If you've never made him the Lord of your life, this is a great day to do it. If he is number one, just like looking at Jesus' life, it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. There's going to be hardship. But you know what? He's right there with you whenever it does come. And whenever hardship is there. That, it's not a promise that things are going to be okay when we make him number one. But we need, And if you know what? If you've already committed your life to the Lord and you've said with your mouth, yes, I've made you number one, but your schedule doesn't look like he's number one, go back and reevaluate. Let's put our priorities back in line. We need to seek him for our will, or for his will. We're going to line up our priorities. You know what? I challenge you. Go home today. Go home this week and write out your priorities. Then take a few minutes and then write down your obligations and say, and, and then look at them. Talk to your spouse about them. Talk to your family as your kids, with your kids. Say, these are our priorities. These are the things that we say are number one in our life. But do you think our obligations are lining up? And what can we get rid of? Or what should we add to make it look like our, so that our, our, our obligations and our priorities look the same? You know what? If you're single, I encourage you, find an accountability partner in this area. Write down your, your priorities and your obligations and go over them with somebody. And then go back and reevaluate as a family, as an individual, with your accountability partner. And, and say, listen, th- these are my priorities and my obligations. And are they still lining up? What do you see in my life that's not lining up with my priorities? What can I get rid of? What should I add? And then we walk we create margin and we walk in on eternity. Do you have margin in your life so that when something comes up, you don't get stressed? Do you have space that says, okay, I don't really need to do anything here and it's okay that I can just sit here? Have you created a space for Sabbath, for prayer, for, as a family? as an individual. Really, it comes out of your individual and then down to your family. If you haven't created Sabbath as an individual with God, you're not really going to be effective as a Sabbath with your family. We purposefully take a day off, and that means we just enjoy each other. We have fun together. We reconnect after a busy week. I encourage you to do that. And you know what? If if you say that your marriage is a, a priority and your schedule does not reflect that, you need to change that. If you say loving your wife is important, loving your husband is important, but it's more important to you to go out with your buddies and hunt, it's more important to you to fill your schedule with your girlfriends, 
but there's no date night on the schedule, put a date night on the schedule. Because if not, you are cultivating a relationship with your friends and not with your spouse, and you need to connect with your spouse. I'm going to close with one verse, and it says Psalm, Psalm 127, one, um, 1 and 2, and the message reads like this. If God does not build the house, the builders only build shacks. That if, if we don't allow God to build our home, our home looks like a shack. If we don't allow God to fill our schedules and, and put things on our schedule, and we put things on our schedule, then we are only building a shack. I don't want God to look at me and say, that, that, that house you're building is a shack and it's nasty. You can't even keep your family warm in that. I want God to build my home so that my home is built on Jesus. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Doesn't, don't you know, he enjoys giving rest to those he loves. God wants to give us rest. Aaron talked about it in our, um, in our shape series. It was the pendulum, the half circle, the second week. It talked about our time, our work, and our rest. And if you guys didn't hear that message, I challenge you to go back because it's been a very challenge. That was a very challenging message for me that I keep going back to because I always thought that I, I rested because I did so much work. Like I took a day off because I've done so much, but that's not true. We rest or we work out of our rest. We rest in the Lord and we find out what he wants for us and then we fill it out, fill, fill up our schedule or we, or we, take things off of our schedule. We rest in him, and then he directs our path. And that's what, really, I hope that you guys take away from today is, is, is your obligations and your priorities. Are they lining up? Are we, are we as, a, as, as leaders in our home, as leaders in the church, as leaders in our business field, are we example, being an example of what priorities and obligations look like?